0: welcome to the War Films podcast. This is our seventh episode. In this one we're looking at the 1976 film The Eagle Has Landed. I'm Garen Ewing. I'm a comic artist and writer and I'm doing these podcasts with my brother Murray.
1: Hello, I'm Murray and I'm, I'm a writer. I've got a book out at the moment called The Fancy Reader.
0: Okay, so this film, uh, the main thing about this is it stars Michael Caine and he has been in one, two, three... Four, including this one four of our films yes i mean that's including the adventure films podcast which was the series we did before yeah, yeah. this war film so he was in our last one we did which was zulu he, uh, we was did we that bridge too month, far which we've also ago. looked at for the war films podcast and in our adventure films podcast he was in the excellent the man who would be king yes and uh, zulu was 1964 the Man Who Would Be King was 1975, and then we've got this one, um, The Eagles Landed, 1976, and A Bridge Too Far was 1977, so we've got, a, <laughs> let's call that a hat trick for Michael Caine. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's the actor who's been in the most yes. films we've looked at.
1: there might be some bit part actor who's in the, in the part. Yeah, there.
0: there are a few, like there's a few Antonys, like Anthony Quayle and Anthony Quinn, yes, that have popped yes. up a few times, mm. and in fact, Anthony Quayle is in this one as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it's a good cast. It's one of those classic war films. Have you seen this before? We looked at it for this podcast.
1: I think this is the film from the series of what we're looking at, which I've seen the most, I'm most familiar with.
0: Yes, yeah. It's one of those... It's very easy. It's not It's not a politically charged film like perhaps... Um,
1: you know well, something like the
0: platoon it, it we looked happened at.
1: here yeah it, yeah, it
0: happened mm-hmm. here or even Paths of Glory yeah um, it's, it's in fact this is one of those that could easily fit into the adventure film yes podcast yeah. because it's pretty much completely fictional
1: mm it doesn't really refer to the wider war, apart from the fact that there's got to be a war going on. No. It's not like a key moment. Or, I mean, it would be if, it, if the mission succeeded. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: So, and in fact, that's a good point. If you haven't seen this film and you're thinking you'd like to sit down and enjoy it, perhaps do that before you listen to the rest of this podcast, because there will be spoilers. Yes. And this film has got you know a couple of twists and turns in its plot, so we, we are going to spoil this film. Yes. <laughs> So yes, 1976, and based on the novel by Jack Higgins.
1: Yeah, uh, it, he the novel came out in 1975. Right. Which is odd, considering the film came out in 1976, and they probably took a while to um, to make it. So I think, actually, the rights to it were bought in 1974. So okay. they probably got it. I think what happened, quite a lot of studios have, um, would read all of the upcoming books before they were published. Yes. Looking for uh, stories and so on to yeah. buy. So that's probably what happened with that. Jack Higgins at the time wasn't a big successful author. This was his breakthrough novel. Oh,
0: OK. Um, and that was a pseudonym as well, wasn't it, Jack Higgins? That, oh, was it? Wasn't his real name. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I haven't got his real name to hand. Yeah. So I think it was, but that's yeah. certainly the name he's known under.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a good, good thriller writer's name, isn't it, yeah. <laughs> Jack yeah. Higgins? He even wrote a, a sequel to it, actually, in 1991, The Eagle Has Flown. But, um, right, yes. To
0: later, yeah. <laughs> OK, so what's the basic premise of the plot?
1: The good thing about this, I thought, was that it sort of reverses um, The Guns of Navarone, which is right. our side, going <laughs> in and doing a mission... The goodies. On, yeah, <laughs> on enemy territory. Yeah. Here we've got the Germans doing a mission on... Home territory,
0: right? From yes. a very
1: English perspective, I say. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's probably the main interest of the film, isn't it? Mm. It's there's another film called Went the Day Well.
1: I yes, think. yeah, based on a, a Graham, Graham Greene Green- short story. Yeah, 1942.
0: Yeah, so yeah. so while the war was still going on, mm. so very much a propaganda exercise, yeah. probably. Have you seen it? No, have you? Oh, yeah,
1: I saw it um, huh. a couple of months ago. In fact. Driven by my interest in war films from this podcast. It's interesting. I mean, it's got similar things because it's a German invasion of a small English village. So it's got a lot of similar scenes and And in that, don't they
0: round up the villagers and keep them in a church as well? Yes, yeah. I mean, do you think there's a... Is there any argument of plagiarism at all or is it totally not... Do you think that's... Difficult to tell. Just when I read the plot, it seems so similar. And in the book of The Eagle Has Landed... There's a framing device where the author, who I don't know if it's supposed to be Jack Higgins himself, finds a, a grave in a, an English village that says, "You know, yeah. here lies however many sixteen German paratroopers." Oh right. And so he then uh, finds out from the villagers the story, and then right. that's the story that's told. And I believe it's the same in Went the Day Well. There's could be I can't a, remember um, grave. Too many I think again they yeah. see a grave in an English village
1: graveyard and the one thing i do remember about went the day well is it felt a bit more hard hitting it was on the one hand it was more patriotic because of course it was during the war but um the violence though less explicit seemed more shocking because you had it started off with all these jolly english characters you know like the (laughs) postmistress at the local shop right and uh, i think one of them gets killed in quite a nasty way and one of them has to kill a german and you're thinking this isn't a soldier killing a German, but just a civilian.
0: So they're holed up in the church, and they're trying to get the message out yeah. to, to you know, the British authorities yeah. that there's Germans. In fact, yeah. I
1: think there's at one point children get out of the church to try and get the message out, and that's right. something that's the opposite of the Eagle Sanded, Landed, which shows our German, the Germans saving a child. Yes, yeah. I can't remember what happens in Went in the Day Well, so this isn't going kind to of be a spoiler, but I seem to remember. Very much feeling as though a child could be shot by a German. I right. Know, well, I'm going
0: to have to, I'm have to yeah. seek that out and watch it, because just reading about it, it sounded very good. It's a good film. So the, anyway, the basic plot is that... Well, it actually, the, 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 it's the good part of the film, <laughs> in a way, is the setup, the planning. Yeah. Um, a lot of these war films we've looked at have been... I think we've said this before. There's the sort of mission is proposed and then you see the planning stages and that's the build up yeah so the first half of the film might be the planning you know with the maps and the pointers and and, you know spies bringing in information yeah um, like uh, A Bridge Too Far for instance and guns of Navarone to some yes, degree yeah. and then the second half of the film is you know what's supposed to happen yes. is then that all sort of going wrong yeah. or, <laughs> and then whether it succeeds or not mm. because the thing about this is it's a plot to try and kidnap Churchill yeah and take him back to Germany well we know that it didn't yeah, think, succeed yeah. it's kind of spoiled already yeah. in a way but this film's still intriguing. you still yeah. want to watch it, to see what happens
1: i mean it's start, it's set in nineteen forty three yeah um, which is towards the end of the war. The Germans are feeling desperate, yeah, they're not quite admitting they're losing, but some of them get the feeling as though they are yeah and it's it's put forward as a wild idea yes, because right at the beginning, the Germans rescue Mussolini from yes. a a some mountain retreat, yeah, and that gets the idea that which did happen yeah they can go into enemy territory and get a key person. Mm. So someone obviously makes the, you know, why don't we get Winston Churchill? That'll end the war. Yeah. Or at least someone says, make us be able to negotiate a, a peace. Yes, that's right. Um, which, yeah. of course, no one would suggest to Hitler. But so it starts off as a feasibility study. Yes. Into could we do this?
0: So the, the main character who, who does that is... Um,
1: Robert Duvall's
0: character. Well, yeah, I was going to say Anthony Quayle.
1: Oh, Admiral Canaris.
0: And he, uh, he was, he's been in two of our films, as we said, uh, Guns of Navarone and Lawrence of Arabia was the other one ah, yes, in, our, yeah. in our adventure films. He thinks it's absolutely ridiculous. He's a rationalist. Yeah. He sees the war is being lost and is kind yeah. of preparing for that. Um, there's, there's quite a good scene where he's describing the meeting in Hitler's boardroom and he describes <laughs> each of the characters, you know,
1: yeah.
0: um, Hitler completely mad and ranting and raving and then rational and yeah. then stomping his feet and Borman just um, sitting in the corner, quietly <sighs> watching everyone. Yeah. So he thinks it's ridiculous. And he's asked Robert Duvall's character, Colonel Radle, Radle. Radle yeah. to um, look into it.
1: Yeah, he's the one who has to carry out the feasibility study.
0: Uh, there's funny; It's quite funny with Anthony Quayle because although he puts on a very slight German yeah. accent. You can, if, you, if you listen really hard, you can just about hear a slight German inflection to it. He sounds really British, because <laughs> he's Anthony Quayle. Yeah. And he doesn't really do accents, obviously.
1: Well, actually, something, that's something I noticed um, in a later scene with Donald Pleasance. I thought, he's not doing a German accent. I wondered if all the British... Didn't do the German accents, but the American actors like Robert Duval did because they felt they should. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I
0: thought I thought Donald Pleasance did.
1: Oh, maybe uh, I didn't. To yeah. some
0: degree, um, I mean, Donald Pleasance appears a little later, but as you brought him up, he plays Himmler. Yes, and I think he's brilliant. Yeah, uh, he he's slightly mad. He's uh, when when he's putting forward an idea, <clears throat> it it almost continues into a slightly mad cackle each time <laughs> he totally can't help himself.
1: The thing I thought yeah. about Donald Pleasance doing him, is, Of course, people of Donald Pleasance's... Generation would, of course, know people like Himmler and yeah. hate them because yeah. they were fighting the war against them. And he yeah. probably would have really loved to um, basically take the Mickey out of something yeah. like Himmler by making him mad. I mean, he might have been mad anyway, but oh, I bet he loved the part.
0: <laughs> I think, you, yeah, yeah. Pleasance was originally a conscientious objector in World War oh, Two. Right. but then he changed his stance and joined the RAF. Um, he was shot down as a prisoner of war in Germany, so he had quite a.
1: So he, and he was in the Great war. Escape, which is another. Of course, yes, 1963.
0: Yes. Why I could even see that needle over there. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one who was going blind, wasn't he? And yes, yes, yeah, desperate yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, he played Blofeld as well, yes. so maybe there's a little bit of. Um, yes. When was that? You only lived twice, so that was before. That was 1967. Yeah. So that was before, and the Great Escape was 63. So, uh, quite a while before. Eagle has landed. So yes, the feasibility study. Yeah. Uh, Robert Duval's good, isn't he? He's um yeah. he, he's a he's a bit of a uh a sort of well, he's a central pivoting character in the film, um but very much a, a sort of a calm in the eye of the storm mm. that it all surrounds. He when um Canaris says, you yeah, know, this is ridiculous, but you've still got to do the feasibility study just so we can get it off mm. our backs he kind of blanks canaris a little bit because there's canaris going on about hitler and he doesn't acknowledge or agree with yes, him he just yeah. says okay so anyway about this feasibility study let's get on with the job
1: yeah
0: yes um he's a veteran of the soviet campaign he's yes. got uh, an Eye-patched. eye patch and his arm uh, i guess a false arm yeah and when he does the feasibility study Synchronicity. Yes. <laughs> through, through synchronicity, some information comes in from a German spy in Britain called Starling. Yes. That lets them know that Churchill is going to be at this country manor house in Norfolk,
1: in not far Studley from the Constable.
0: Stanley Constable, <laughs> uh, which doesn't exist. I don't no, think. Does no. it? In Norfolk, but, but not far from the East Anglian coast, mm. which the Germans could get to. Yes. So suddenly, this could work. yes, yeah. And actually, sets the wheels in motion.
1: In a way, it's it could only work if we if we take it seriously and do it quickly. So there's no yeah. time to say, shall we do it? So mm. really, he takes it into his own hands from yeah. that point on.
0: And uh, Canaris, uh, Anthony Quayle, gets wind that this has been taken seriously and sort of tells him to drop it. Yeah. But unfortunately for him, Himmler is yes. also, who's <laughs> probably the motivating force behind it. Yes. I don't think Hitler actually knows anything about no. it, does he? He urges him on.
1: In fact, he gives him a letter... Signed by Hitler, supposedly, hmm. saying whatever this man Raddle asks for, give him. Yeah, because he's acting directly no matter what on your my rank. orders. Yeah,
0: but but that I think turns out to be a forgery yes. from Himmler. Yeah, and later when it we, when we see that the mission is failing, yeah, they wash yes. their hands of Rattle, don't they? Yeah, and uh, as he says, you know, my my I was measured for my casket months ago, mm. as in this was never gonna. You know, he's just been used. Yeah. That's the point. Okay, so we've got a, a bit ahead there. But we meet Michael Caine, um, Steiner. Yes. Steiner. And he's the head of a crack troop of paratroopers who have been in the thick of five or six
1: almost yes. impossible missions. Commando raids, yeah.
0: He's won every sort of you know cross under the sun. and uh, But he's a good German.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know he's a good German because when we see him... Um, other Nazis are rounding up um, Jewish civilians. Mm. A woman escapes, um, runs straight into um, uh, Kirchsteiner's arms, and he's all for saving her. Yes. Which is, of course, against the orders of the SS. He's clashing against the SS. Mm. He does save her, but then she gets shot. Um. Yeah.
0: yeah, he puts her on a train, yeah. but as it's going off... She gets shot because, of course,
1: yeah. I think I don't, I don't know. I haven't
0: read the book, but reading the summary of the book, mm. it doesn't say she gets shot. I wonder if she, oh,
1: wants right. to yeah, anyway. So, Steiner is oh, Steiner, I'm doing the German thing, <laughs> uh, is, a, is basically up for a court martial. And he says, Oh, would you, you know, this has nothing to do with my men, my men are just being loyal to me. But, of course, he's up against a nasty SS man who... Yeah,
0: who sees that that's his weak spot. Says, right, well, your men are going as well. Mm. If that's what you want, then I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. Because how dare he. I have nothing for or against Jews personally. But I have seen too many good men die for cause to watch a young girl be killed for sport. Stormont, for your
1: staff, was doing his duty. He
0: reminds me of something that I occasionally pick up on my shoe in the gutter. Very unpleasant... On a hot day, and if you have the dubious honour of commanding this senseless slaughter, I'd advise you to keep him downwind at all times.
1: That is, of course, if you can tell the difference anymore. So basically, we, we've got um, Steiner uh, under arrest, but it means he, um, he's available for. Well, he's
0: court-martialed. To... And he's put on a penal colony in Alderney, Alderney which is yes. one of the Channel Islands, yeah.
1: um, occupied by the Germans. Yeah,
0: yeah. which is the 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 sole occupation of britain by the germans wasn't it yeah they're Um, basically
1: using him on suicide missions aren't they yeah so he started
0: with like 30 men yeah and by the time raddle gets to him he's down to 16 yeah
1: (laughs) so obviously he's presented with this mission and he said well it's a chance to save your men yeah so basically he's got no choice
0: we meet the other main character liam devlin
1: yes um played by
0: donald sutherland yes and he is an irishman yeah who is lecturing at Berlin University yeah but he's an IRA Sporting, man yeah and he's sort of you know the the enemy
1: yeah my enemy's enemy is That's my right. friend <laughs> Thank
0: you. Enemy's enemy's yeah right he
1: there. wants he wants a united Ireland yes. and uh, of course the British are in the in the way of that his character um Michael Caine was originally he was off the part of Devlin oh right and <laughs> uh, Michael Caine didn't want to play an IRA supporter yeah so then it was offered to Richard Harris, okay. an actual Irishman, yeah. who shortly after um, made an appearance at an actual IRA fundraiser. <laughs> so he was immediately dropped. Right. And so then they brought in Donald Sutherland.
0: Right. Who's a kind of a cheeky Irishman. Yeah. Or Irishman. Yes. And he's, he's a bit... Well, he's pretty cliched, is isn't he, for an Irishman? Yeah. But the, there's these little sympathetic touches. So with Michael Caine, we get this key scene where... He tries to save a Jewish girl from yeah. being taken to the concentration camp and fails
1: yeah.
0: um, and with Donald Sutherland, he quite clearly says he doesn 't want to blow up civilians yes yeah. um, he's much, much rather he wants to wants to target directly the british yeah, army the yes. military or the authorities, yeah. so yeah he 's not we don 't see him as just in fact that 's with all the germans the German side
1: yeah.
0: They're a bit more subtle than um, perhaps some of the British and other characters in this film.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, of course, we've got to be made to—I I don't know if "identify" is the right word—but get behind each of the characters. Yeah. And a lot of them have got dubious, are doing dubious things, but they've all got to have a pure motive, really, mm. in order for us to get behind them. Yeah. Um, to make them to make us see them as heroes.
0: You know? Yeah. So Devlin was. He's a bit of a... In some ways, he's a bit of an odd character in this because it's not totally clear why they need him yeah. <laughs> particularly, uh, especially if they're already looking for someone like Steiner. I yeah. mean, Steiner is someone that Colonel Radle needs to find someone who'd be perfect for this job. So yeah. with his assistant, they're looking through loads of files and eventually they choose mm. Steiner. And I can't remember now why they choose Devlin, apart from he's done some work for them
1: yeah. before,
0: uh, got into Ireland... He, I mean, he's based on a, a real person, apparently, called Frank Ryan, who was oh, an IRA yeah. man who um, fought in the Spanish Civil War, was against the fascists, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. And anyway, eventually he was taken prisoner, I think went to Italy, and then ended up with the Germans who said that uh, mm. uh, we'll help you if you help us. Yes, yeah. And there was historically some actual collaboration between... The Germans and the IRA—they yeah. shared intelligence. Yeah. But I think when, like, so remember when with um, it happened here. We talked about Operation Sea Lion, which was going to be the German was Hitler's plan to invade Britain, right. which never happened, of course. <clears throat> yeah. It happened here. Is a film about um, it, it if it did happen, yeah. if that had occurred, the German occupation of the British Isles. So once Operation Sea Lion was obvious it wasn't going to happen, the Germans kind of lost interest in Mm. Ireland because the only reason they were interested, really, they weren't that interested in Ireland or the Irish cause. They were interested in, um, you know, mainland Britain and England particularly. And once England became you yeah, obviously wasn't going to happen for them. They lost interest in the Irish. But yeah. before that, there was collaboration. Yes, yeah.
1: so there wasn't an, an ideological bond. It was just no. to say, my enemy's enemy is yeah, my friend. Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, so Devlin's going to go in and sort of be their man on the ground. Of course, they've already yeah. got a spy.
1: Yeah, we know Starling. Starling, who we yes. don't know
0: who that is at the moment. Yes. Um, again, historically, it's quite interesting because I believe the British were very successful in rooting out pretty much all German spies yeah. in the UK...
1: I saw this Doing brilliant documentary recently about a British man who was arrested for breaking into safes. He was basically a criminal. Right. And was held on one of the um, Guernsey Islands when the Germans invaded. And so he found himself a prisoner of the Germans. Right. Offered to spy for them. They thought, great, sent him back, <laughs> sent him to England, where he immediately handed himself in and acted as a double agent. I mean, what he did was quite good, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, what a life of adventure he had! I either. think
0: that's the kind of story of Germans tried to get loads of spies in.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but so many of them were just incompetent. They were they uh, were caught so quickly. Yes, yeah. And what the British did was they had this thing called I think the double cross system, where they'd say, "Right, you're either going to be shot or you can spy for us." Yeah, <laughs> and quite a few of them did. Yeah. And so and of course the British had the Enigma machine by then, so they knew who was mm. getting um, information from the Germans. So, yeah. yes, this starling would have been a rare bird <laughs> uh, if, if, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, of course it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fictional, so you need it in the story. Well, yeah,
1: we later learn their motivation, so. Yeah, and, of course, and then there's a pub fight.
0: When they go to Albany <laughs> to get Steiner. Yeah. Uh, well, he likes to rub people up the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, he's a cheeky Irishman, he's his own man, he's an individual. Yes, he's working for the Germans, but he, it seems like he just as quick. Change sides if it suited his.
1: Yeah, he's basically after himself. um, better Yeah, I mean, he's the Irish. Well, he's supposedly,
0: but do you actually feel he's strongly wedded to that? I don't.
1: Yeah, it's difficult to tell. He's a bit (laughs) of an imp, isn't he, in this film?
0: (laughs) He's quite funny. Yeah. But um I I don't think. Liam Devlin, the character, Mm. was used in several Jack Higgins books. He was a recurring character, as well as. So there was this and then the eagle the has flown, the sequel, oh. but also he was in some other
1: oh, right.
0: stories. And I th- I'm sure in the novel, he's a lot more rounded character right. than here. I mean, the worst bit of this film, because it's by no means perfect, <laughs> is the Liam Devlin and Molly Pryor, who's played by Jenny, Jenny Agata. Agata. Yeah. The relationship between them it's just, I think it's a slight embarrassment. It's, it's kind of like the Anakin Skywalker Padme <laughs> of nineteen seventies war films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just later in the film, uh, Jenny Agatha, who's a, an eighteen year old girl mm. in the village of uh, I've got called Constable. Studley Constable, falls in love with Liam Devlin
1: almost on sight. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for no,
0: I mean they, I think haven't even. I don't. I don't understand how they fall in love or but they do I can only imagine that in the book this is really well done mm. and develops oh. over the length of a novel and in the film they kind of didn't quite fulfil the intention of putting it in properly yeah and so it's a kind of a it's kind of a a leftover plot device that's that's limping along
1: yeah
0: you know to fill out the film a bit but and it,
1: you do have to believe in it to follow what happens
0: yeah but it, it doesn't you can't believe in it
1: I, I, I didn't think it was that bad because uh, for one thing she's young yes two there aren't going to be any probably men of her age in the village because they're all out fighting well there's Arthur yeah I don't know what he's doing <laughs> well there. he's too
0: actually he's not her age yeah no you're right yeah
1: right. so I mean and we can't tell if it's just an infatuation
0: yes mm. yeah although that's been very simplistic about 18 year old girls on behalf of the film I think <sighs> um I mean, sure, yeah, Mm. naive, and here comes this Irish, you know, man of the world, seems to know everything, and she falls for him. It's certainly possible. But then I think it could have been done better. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing about this film. I think, on reflection, if I was redoing The Ten, I might not include The Eagle Has Landed, although I really love it as a, a good old adventure film. There are better quality war films that could replace this one.
1: Yeah. When the day well. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. there's loads. I mean, yeah. when I
0: announced this on Twitter um, that I was doing this, there were quite a few tweets saying, oh, I hope you want to include this and this. And they're all fantastic yeah. films, but of course you can only yeah. choose 10. And it, we weren't just going for the 10 best mm. or favourite, we were trying to have a bit of a, a spread. Mm. Although I lost them in World War II films, we wanted yeah. a, a bit of variety in them.
1: It's funny, this was probably the, fil- the sort of film I was thinking of when I said yeah. war films, because, I don't know, it just seems so much like the classic that I had in mind. I like, mean,
0: like, I mean, the big one like that, The Guns of Navarone is like mm. that, and Where Eagles Dare, the, yes. the other eagle <laughs> film, um, is also like that. Yeah. It's just kind of frivolous war adventure yeah. with not really any politics in it
1: I, I, I read somewhere a little bit of criticism about the director John Sturges it was his last film Yeah, um, he'd done The Great Escape in 1963 and Magnusif- Mag- Magnificent <laughs> Seven in yes. 1960 so he'd done some good films yeah I think I think someone said, "Oh, this film was saved by the editor." I can't remember who the editor is, but
0: because um, Sturgis just wanted to do it and leave, oh, right, because he'd yeah. pretty much retired yeah. by then. I think mm. he just wanted the money, and yeah, he did, he wasn't involved in the editing process at all. Oh, right. I think it was Michael Caine who said yeah. that that he wasn't interested. But um, I, I noticed also one of the producers was David Niven Jr. Yes, yes, whose um, um, father was in the Guns of Navarone. That yeah. we did. Okay, so. OK, we've got our group together. They go and get Steiner, and he agrees. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, Donald Sutherland gets punched out of the pub in a jolly old... Yeah, once yeah. they've proven
1: yeah.
0: each other... This is men, isn't it? they got to fight, and then, yeah. yay, we're buddies. And <laughs> so now they're all together in this <laughs> In this uh, project.
1: And so the next thing is to drop Devlin into England.
0: Actually, it seems like they're going to drop him into Ireland. And then he makes his way to...
1: Oh, right. I just thought that would be quite difficult. Well, he at
0: uh, one point in the film, he says... Yeah, you know, before he knows what the thing is, he says, you can't drop me into Ireland again because he thinks he's going to do another oh, right. mission for them in Ireland. He says, mm-hmm. I'll be picked up within half an hour. Yeah. So, obviously, he's known. But I'm sure in this, they say they're going to drop him in, uh, in Southern Ireland and then he's going to make his way...
1: Oh, well, maybe he does.
0: To, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, to um, so, East Anglia.
0: So, Starling, who is... The character is Joanna Gray, yeah.
1: played, uh, played by, by Jean, Jean Marsh. Marsh.
0: She gets him a job as the Marsh Warden. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's a bit stereotypically Irish as well. That yeah. He sort of ends up working in bogs or something, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit top of the morning too. Yeah. He's very much a bit like that. OK, so wherever he lands, he, yeah. he, we see him walking across a field of cows.
1: Yeah, which follow him. Yeah, the two
0: of them follow him, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. German spies, probably. This <laughs> is the German spy effort. <laughs> and he gets this yeah. job. I, I didn't fully understand... So Jean Marsh, Joanna Gray, Mrs mm. Gray, is she placed there already and comes with this information, or does she also manage to get herself placed into Studley constable?
1: Well, um, she says later that her motivation, anyway, which is that she is... Her mother is Afrikaans, died in a British concentration camp. But so I,
0: during the Boer War? Yeah. yeah.
1: But I think she's pretty much established at the village, so yes. I don't think the general has placed her there. It's and not so, exactly central yeah.
0: intelligence, is yeah. it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but um, somehow she's got in touch with them, and I think maybe this is something that, that was never addressed. You know? yeah. Somehow she's been feeding them information. There's just
0: a few... This is another one of those mm. things that you have to swallow hard just yeah. to accept that... If she's a German spy and in this village in Norfolk, I suppose it's possible, but it's but the not. Thing,
1: the thing that got me thinking of it is if, is if they've got a German spy in the village, why do they need Devlin there? Because what does Devlin do? Yeah. He put, he marks the beach Yeah, where they're going to drop and that's it. Because at one point he says, right, my job's done and he drives off. And I think, well, what have you done? <laughs> He's wandered around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very good point. Yeah. Again,
0: I think it'd be interesting to read the novel where I'm... I'm sure it's a lot more, yeah, well worked out. Hopefully, anyway. So yeah, I mean, but that's all good parts of the film is all the build up, and mm. I think that's very, it's very good. It's the usual stuff, of course. Yeah. Um, but but the machinations behind the scenes are good with Himmler and Canaris. Yeah. The the two authorities. I mean, obviously Himmler's very much senior. Yeah. Slightly mad, and and not, I think it's interesting because he wants to. Um, he's like a, a puppy to. Hitler, he just wants yeah. to please him. He wants to bring him Churchill
1: yes, he wants and to say, say, look, look what, what I've, I've, done. I've done. And yeah. when it
0: fails, of course, uh, he knows it will be an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, and the Germans, losing the war, have got to be, they, they've got to, because, right, this is a major spoiler, <laughs> at the end, Colonel Radle gets shot by firing squad for, because he's left yeah. out to, yeah. to dry. As if he was doing it all on his own, because Himmler mm. washes his hands off him. Yeah. Um, Canaris told him he shouldn't do it, and of course, when yeah, you know, they they don't want to admit that they did this yes. when it becomes when it comes to negotiations with Britain, they won't say, "Oh, this was a rogue yeah, German." Yes, we of course yes. we wouldn't have done that. You yeah. know? <laughs> so it's terrible, but that I think that's a really good aspect of the film—the mm. way that works.
1: Well, one thing about this film is even though there is an actionful ending. Most of it, it's about character, isn't it? Hmm. People being put in situations. I mean, once you've got um, spies and so on, it's a lot about treachery. So it's about characters' motivations and so on. And so there's a lot of interesting character stuff. You don't really notice the lack of action, I don't think.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the action. Yes. So uh, last thing's... Yeah, Devlin's flown off. In fact, there's a pretty funny scene where he says, you know, how do I, how do I get out of this aircraft? And the pilot says, "Under oh. your strap, I'll turn upside down, open yeah. your window and you'll fall out. <laughs> Which is pretty much how a lot of these things works, I think.
1: And before that, we have a rather obvious prefiguring of something later in the plot oh, where there's dogs. a dog barks at him. Yeah. him and, um, Isn't that he does a little this, bit laboured as well? Yeah. I th- and the weird thing is, is that, so. Um, Devlin does this thing waving his hand and whistling and the dog calms down showing mm. he's got this Irishman's you know link with <laughs> <Magic>. dogs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then as, when he gets to England he does the same thing again which means he didn't really have to do it because we
0: see it three times
1: yeah
0: first with the German dog then with Marsh's dog yeah and then later when he actually needs yeah, it when two dog. our si- stations are sent in by the Americans yeah. who then yeah. and then those two dogs become his pets <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he goes off with <laughs> yeah anyway that's a little bit yeah A little bit odd and perhaps implausible that you know control any dog. Yeah, (laughs) he's got he's got the shield of controlling the dog.
1: So the plan is though that he goes over, marks the beach so that the Germans can paratroop down there. Mm. Michael Caine's men and they're going to be dressed as Polish soldiers. Yes, but a point is made. uh, Michael Caine's character makes the point that they're wearing German uniforms under the Polish ones. Mm. Because they don't, they're don't—they're not spies—and they not spies... Yes. And they don't want to be treated as spies if they're captured.
0: Which I guess could mean they could be shot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, whereas if they're um, treated as enemy combatants, soldiers, yeah. I guess, then the Geneva Convention... Well, actually, I don't know if the Geneva Convention was in there. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, certain rules yeah. come into play.
1: I mean, I took it to be a point of honour, saying we're not doing this as yeah. a, a sneaky thing where commandos right. yeah. are doing a mission. OK, yeah. maybe
0: that's yeah. more right. Um, in the book... I, from what I read, is that was Himmler's idea
1: oh, right. oddly enough,
0: so yeah. just, which doesn't fit in with the film.
1: Yeah, and it makes one good thing is it's sort of making fun of the English treating all foreigners the same, yeah. you know, because um, Michael Caine's character was educated in england i think they say so he's yes. got a good accent but the others <laughs> are um, are going to obviously sound german right and probably english villagers will think german and polish sound the same you know?
0: luckily they all speak polish yeah or at least well maybe they don't all
1: well of course don't we meet them at first on the border of poland uh, well that's
0: where the the Jews are being rounded yes, up. They're yeah. going through Poland because they're clearing out yeah. the ghettos, aren't yeah. they? Michael yeah. Caine's
1: character says, "I thought we defeated the British, the Polish army." That's right. You yeah, know, what are we still?
0: So in they go. So that's a, that's a key point. They they land, they go in. Of course, there's there's more spies involved or more more subterfuge because before they arrive, Devlin takes. Delivery of some Polish, Polish army, army vehicles. Yeah. vehicles which are, who are these guys in the night? They're,
1: they're IRA members. Oh, are they? I read somewhere, I think it's on the IMDB trivia page, right. that they speak uh, in Irish. And it. it's an actual so, translation of, you know, what they're no, saying. Because okay. yeah.
0: I thought, I wondered if they were Polish, so that's how they got hold of it. OK, that clears up, that up. That yeah. makes Devlin a little bit more useful again. Yeah, actually, you're right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, that is true. I don't know if it's enough <laughs> yeah.
0: quite to, to answer all the questions about him, yeah, but no. it's not bad.
1: Um, of course, by this point, we've already started the meeting between Devlin and Molly. And Arthur.
0: Yeah, Arthur is the village idiot. <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's the he's the one who he's got designs on, on Molly. Molly, and perhaps she's led him on a bit. We don't know, but um, Arthur immediately identifies Devlin as a potential
1: rival, rival
0: yeah. in her affections.
1: Do they have to fight here? A well, fight they have to the fight change.
0: a bit later, don't they? Yeah, yeah you're right. After because there's this scene where Devlin follows molly on her horse oh yes she's a free spirit (laughs) and there's a little scene in the dunes yeah which is really where i don't know it's just so confusing that scene that i just didn't understand it that's that's why i think it's so truncated from the novel and just shoved into the film
1: i wondered if that was supposed to make us feel sympathetic with devlin because he doesn't just seduce her yeah um he
0: he uh she says quite a shocking thing
1: for for an 18 year old you
0: wouldn't you wouldn't kick me out of bed on a a wet Saturday night or whatever (laughs) (laughs) she might have just been probably she's quite forward isn't (laughs) she
1: yeah for the 1940s I mean uh, (laughs) or perhaps
0: we're just quite naive (laughs) 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 so anyway that's yeah where they I presume where they fall in love
1: of course another character has been set up I I think this is jumping around a bit but um, when Devlin is introduced to the vicar uh, Mr Verica Father Verica we also meet Father Verica's sister, Pamela. Yeah, played by Judy Geeson. Yeah, who I noted is also in this year played. Um, she was in Carry On England in uniform as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, What's
0: Carry On England? Is that a war? Yeah, one? I don't remember
1: yeah, that, that one. It was one of the later ones, which wasn't. It right. Didn't have many of the regulars in. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was about a, um, a platoon, a mixed platoon of men and women. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's hilarious already. <laughs> but, of course, she set up because she's got an American boyfriend. Who, yes. A uh, boyfriend in the American army.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, who also sets up another character, played by Larry Hagman. Yeah. Who's in in command of the local um, American base.
0: So that's un- that's not relayed by Starling to the yeah. Germans. That's a complete shock to them when they get there. Yes, is yeah. The sister turns up with Captain Clark. Yes, it. yeah. And he says, "Oh, we didn't know they were Polish here." And uh, Steiner says, "Oh, and we didn't know the Americans are here."
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, where are you? We're eight miles down the road. And he says, "Out of you interest, know. how strong is your company?" <laughs> yes. And he tells him, <laughs> "We're a platoon, company, or whatever." Uh, um, yeah. yeah. There is a good scene where he meets where Devlin meets the vicar. He, that's where he punches Arthur around. It's quite a good little fight yes. scene, isn't yes, it? Yeah. Quite yes. satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. The soldiers. Uh, let's get to the bit now with it. So they're in the village. By well, well, it's, it's a lovely village, isn't it? Yeah. Ideal English.
1: Yeah.
0: Countryside village, just as you'd want it to be yeah. in the nineteen forties, rural Britain, where yeah. the war hasn't
1: quite. Well, there's the yet. feeling of this is what we're defending. This is what we're fighting for. Right. And yeah. this is what's most at risk. Yeah. Which maybe I wonder why these films tend to centre on the church because it's a symbol of community. Certainly mm. at the time. I mean, it'd be yeah. in a village. It'd be the one place where they would gather the people. I suppose. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and the vicar is the sort of head of the community. Yes. Um, so they ask him permission. I to mean, there is a manor, and the lord of the manor—I can't remember his name—he's away. Yes. It's just yeah. the staff. Yeah. He, yeah. So it consists uh, of a nurse and a—I don't know—a butler and a, a cook or something. When yeah. they come into the church.
1: <laughs> but Steiner asks uh, <clears throat> Verica, Father Verica's permission to carry out manoeuvres in the village. So yes. He's, he's acknowledged as the sort of the leader. Three Polish paratroopers, huh? Yes, that's right, Captain. Well, listen, we've got a couple of Polish guys in our outfit. Maybe your men would like to meet them sometime. Yes, maybe a little later, if it's not too far. Uh, where exactly are you staying, Captain? Well, we're about uh, eight miles up the road at Meltham House. Ah, Meltham House. What sort of strength would you have there? Well, we're just a company now. Ah, Meltham House. I'll make a point to remember that.
0: And that's where we get to probably one of the best scenes in the film. Yeah. Uh, so they're doing their manoeuvres, and all the children are watching, and yeah. one of them falls into the into the water and yeah. is, is there's a oh, that's right, water wheel She gets. Wheel.
1: she's going to get dragged under the water now the water mill is the same as appeared on the cover of Black Sabbath's first album no <laughs> yes, really yes that's, I love that fact <laughs> fantastic the actual wheel they used was added for the film but right. um, it's an actual water mill oh wow <laughs> that's brilliant But yeah, as you say, one of the children falls in the water, and Mm. uh, one of the German soldiers...
0: Instinctively. Yeah. There's no no us versus them. Jumps in in to
1: save her, does save her, but is himself tangled in the wheel, killed. Yeah. And when he comes up, it's obvious that he's wearing a German uniform. Yeah, so his
0: Polish uniform's torn away, and there is the German uniform. Yeah. Which,
1: I think it is the best scene in the film. It is good, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it's a nice little twist. And suddenly, because there's this joy, oh, the rescue the child, then suddenly the vicar goes, wait a minute.
1: Suddenly they all realise, and everything changes from being... Because everyone's being friendly. And this is the weird thing about war, I suppose. We naturally are friendly to people yes. who we meet as people. Mm. And suddenly finding that one of them is your enemy. And there's a, actually, there's a what I think is an even better scene later, when gene marsh comes into the church we'll cover that later yeah
0: yeah well the, the great another little funny bit is the gravedigger guy goes in more bloody foreigners. <laughs> yeah. quite funny he's just a very british sort of thing oh god you yeah. yeah. another thing to to make the day a bit more difficult
1: so anyway now the english are rounded up and yeah. put into the church and um roadblocks are set up people are allowed in but they're not going to be allowed out
0: so in the church yeah Jenny Agatha. Oh, now, this is a key scene. Before that happened, she oh, has yes. shot and killed oh, Arthur. Oh, God,
1: how we that?
0: <laughs> well, because it's another slightly yeah. silly scene, I think. Arthur has got into Devlin's home. Yeah. Uh, the home of the Marsh... Warden. Warden, thank you. <laughs> the home of the Marsh Warden. And has discovered... He thinks, at, at best, he's a black marketeer. Yeah. At worst, he's a Nazi. Yeah,
1: well, he finds a German gun. Yeah. He finds Polish... Uh, Polish army uh, trucks, but without numbers on yet. Yeah,
0: but but stencils to yeah. put the numbers on. Yeah. So And Jenny Agata...
1: Says, don't tell. Him. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love him, and shoots yeah. him with a shotgun.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> Blimey. Anyway, OK. And
1: that um, is the first... Well, it's not the first death in the in the film, but it's you know, the, the first of the main characters killing someone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... Again, to me, this is a weakness of the film because yeah. it doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah. she—this is a girl who lives in that village. She's supposedly fallen in love with this Irish man in in about twenty minutes yes. and kills for him. Yeah, even though she discovers he's possibly a Nazi, it just mm. doesn't make sense. I can only think that she's has some mental problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, she's a, she's a teenager, <laughs> but,
0: but I, that's why I think. I mean, yeah. okay, that's that. You could perhaps use that excuse, but it's a terrible one. Yeah, because yeah. Because teenagers aren't like that. It's generally. Not. I think it's possible. Yeah, you know, I can imagine this might not be in the book, but let's say in the book, there's more time for their relationship to grow, and mm. Devlin perhaps explains you know, perhaps gives a bit of background about Ireland and how Britain's not the goody.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, the total goody, she thinks. And maybe there's some black and white and she gets a little bit confused about, yeah. you know, him. So it's focused on him, not necessarily the Germans. Anyway, OK, and so if, that And happens. if she was
1: presented as slightly less intelligent,
0: because
1: mm. she she's slightly posh. being it's Jenny, Jenny Yagata. Yagata. Yeah. You but know. if you had someone who... who didn't think of the political implications, where you feel as though she, she would. She feels responsible. She's part of the Women's Auxiliary... Right. You know, yeah. service. Anyway, yeah, it is a difficult moment to yeah. sort of swallow.
0: It, yes, yeah, it doesn't help the film.
1: But another thing is she could have done it on an impulse... She, you know, there's a gun nearby. He's about to. Oh, leave. certainly, yeah. yeah. And
0: then she certainly regrets it mm. and thinks, "Oh, what have I done?" Because she, goes she, fi- we find her in the church. So the the vicar's sister finds her in the church crying. Yeah, she's just about to go and get her brother.
1: Yeah.
0: When she opens the door, sees the Germans now revealed. Yeah. The Polish now revealed as Germans coming to the church with everyone. Says, "Quick, hide!" So they hide yeah. in a little ante room, lock the door, and the vicar noticing the doors locked and suspecting someone's in there says aloud i know what you're here to do you know and it won't work so you're here to kill churchill yeah which of course he doesn't realize it's actually to kidnap churchill he just Mm. thinks they're here to assassinate him but of course did you notice this movie mistake when sister escapes so they they've now got this information Jenny Agatha is going to go and find Devlin.
1: Yes.
0: Even though you can see her, like, but he's one of, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the sister is going to go and find Jean Marsh. So yes. they're both
1: going, um, to, going to traitors,
0: <laughs> so it's not going to help. But when she gets to Jean Marsh to yeah. tell her, she says, they're going to kidnap Churchill. Oh, does she? This is, well, actually, she doesn't know that. Yeah. She overheard that they're going to kill. And then oh, right. that's a bit of a, a movie mistake, I think.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice that so pamela the vicar's sister goes to see mrs gray who shoots pamela yes but pamela still manages to get away and this is one what i think is one of the best scenes i mean this is might be skipping ahead yeah, slightly nice. mrs gray then comes miss gray no she's mrs gray because she's uh,
0: in the book yeah her husband sister and parents were all killed by the british oh, right. But her, uh, this is the thing that slightly stretched it maybe is i think her husband also died in the boer war right 40 years previously <laughs> so
1: anyway so she comes to the church just lays eyes on Michael Caine's character comes up to him and says I've shot Pamela I think I killed her but she got you know she got away I think we're okay yeah and then she realizes that yeah. the rest of the village are there and this is, this is I think it's a brilliant moment because mm. she later says you know she knew what she was doing but she never really it was never real to her that she'd yeah. have to leave this place yeah so
0: perhaps a bit of a game. Yeah. And then suddenly she, the reality of everyone seeing her for what she really is yes. and then realising what she really is, and I she's, think.
1: And she's lived with them all the time. It's not like she's a German soldier come mm. in. No. Yeah, so yeah you're right. Um, yeah. It's a very
0: good scene. And, and when she's leaving the church, she plays it very well, doesn't she? Mm. she when she says that, you can see what she realises what she's losing. Yeah. This lovely village life. Her friends turned yeah. out to be friends. Um, and she turned out not to be yeah so but the sister does make it to the americans yes so the cat's out she, of the bag she,
1: she's told we're told that she's she's going to be okay yeah and larry hagman's character we've, is what already, meet larry see, Hagman. yeah, we've already yeah. seen him railing about the fact that he's about to be sent home
0: it's a bit of an exposition yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's sitting there going god damn it god damn it, i'm gonna be sent. you i've never you know all my training because he's he's, he's so in that sort of two-minute soliloquy, yeah. we learn that he feels though he's been very wronged. He's got no combat experience. Yes. He really wants to prove himself. Mm. He's being sent back home, isn't he? Yes, but, yeah.
1: So he yeah, he wants to prove himself as a soldier, but he's not going to. But now, here comes his opportunity. And because of it, he doesn't let the, um, the authorities know. Yeah, Captain he,
0: Tucker says, you've got to inform the War Office.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he says, if you don't do it, I will and he says, oh, okay, I'll do it. So then Captain Tucker runs off and he says, cancel that call. Yeah.
1: <laughs> those poles you ran into are Krauts. Come here to kill Churchill. Now listen up. Churchill just left King's Land. I want well, you to you know to find the war office. My God, you have any idea how long I'd be on that phone trying to make those fat-ass bastards and staff believe me? Oh, you know, by God, I'm going to nail those Krauts myself and I got the men to do it. Action this day. That's Churchill's personal motto, you know no, that? I still think we should notify nah, I want office. you to go and head off Churchill at the Walsingham if Road. If you don't notify the war office, I will. Sir. Moss, you get to hold of the war office. Top priority. If anything happens to Churchill because you're late, this country's going to swing you from Big Ben by your balls.
0: Cancel that call, Moss. And he, he loads himself up with grenades. He's got his little, what are they, about three Jeeps, and they've got yeah. a bazooka, and he, he says...
1: In a way, that makes him like Himmler. <laughs> you know, sorry, that sounds terrible, but in, in this film, yeah. you know, right. not passing up information, acting on his own yes. to grab the glory.
0: Right, yeah. 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 It, it's also perhaps a little bit stereotypical American, <laughs> the poor old Americans. I mean, maybe there's a bit of truth to this. I guess all, all the nationalities have got their negative uh, stereotypical points so he's the gung-ho american going in there throwing bombs yeah and of course <clears throat> failing so he decides to take on
1: yeah.
0: the paratroopers all by himself
1: although yeah and he does say oh we we might be able to solve this without shooting a shot or whatever but, you know, he
0: does yeah which seems grabs a white odd. flag <laughs> and
1: walks right up to the church i mean why not <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
0: perhaps just the force of his um, American charisma will <laughs> yeah. sort the situation. He out. thinks,
1: well, they know they're surrounded in the church. Surely they know they can't win, so surely yeah. they'll give up. Yeah, they don't.
0: But Larry Hagman <sighs> was—I mean, he was slightly the bane of our childhood <laughs> because a few years later, well, a couple of years later, he he played J.R. Ewing, yes, in Dallas. And of course, our name is Ewing, yes. And so, even today, although it happens very rarely. But at that time, it used to be, mm. uh, what's your name? Oh, Ewing. Oh, JR. I mean, mm. for years and years, and very occasionally now, but I don't get it that much. <laughs> but before that, he played, uh, he was in I Dream of Genie, the. American, oh, the sitcom, yeah. Yeah, he was sort of the main guy in that. Yeah. But so he wasn't a big star oh, right. in this film, I don't yeah, think. Yeah. But he, he played a few, he was famous for American television, right. I played a few films, but it was Dallas that really
1: yeah. sent him.
0: Yeah, rocketing into stardom, stars the 1980s it? Yeah. yeah yeah, but that's a good i mean that 's the first battle scene you I know mean, it 's explosions, guns yeah. spitting bullets everywhere, and the Americans pretty much get slaughtered yeah because they just i mean even one of his own men questions him, and he just drives in, and yeah yeah loads of them get killed
1: they, yeah they, they drive in, he thinks everyone's going to be in the church when of course there are people outside who ambush them yeah yeah, so there's a lot of people get killed. They bring out the bazooka. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. Now, at this point, I think it's difficult to tell what exactly happens next. Well, I mean, the main
0: thing is that Churchill's on his way, mm. right? Yes. Um, and Captain Tucker, who's played by, I think we should give him a mention, Treat Williams, he played a jogger in Marathon Man.
1: Oh, right. Now,
0: Marathon Man would have been a good film for this ten, because that's kind of a war film. Uh, It'd be, It's yes. sort of not... It's not actually post film, but yeah, <laughs> it a connection. That's yeah. a fantastic film, anyway, he, he, uh, and he was uncredited in *The Empire Strikes Back* as well. Oh, really? So this was uh, he went down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, he intercepts Churchill's little a group of cars motorcade. coming in yeah. motorcade. Good, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, so stops them going in and then they learn what Larry Hagman has done in fact there's there's quite a good line where one of Churchill's assistants oh um Captain Tucker says yeah he's a man explaining to them he's a man of limited combat experience one of Churchill's assistants says
1: apparently no longer (laughs) (laughs) yes now Colonel Pitts Larry Hagman does survive with one private and they go out to um I think they, they're looking for a, a telephone. Yeah. But they arrive at uh, Mrs Gray's house.
0: Who they know is a spy. Yes. And doesn't he say something like, it's that bitch! <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the bitch Grey's house. And so he then decides to kill her. But it, well, they, they're searching around the house. Mm, they don't know she's there. No. He goes up the stairs. There she is with a gun. She shoots him yeah. central in the forehead.
1: By which point he's already got out a grenade and picked <laughs> out and taken out a pin.
0: Which follows him downstairs, yes, doesn't it? Yes, and then
1: blows up. Fortunately, there's a private there who finishes the job.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if he... He just sprays bullets going upstairs. Yes, yeah. Did he kill Marsh, or did she shoot herself? I wasn't sure. All uh, right,
1: well, there's a, You see her leaning forward over her dressing table with a shattered mirror. It's I more
0: think. likely she was shot by the soldier, wasn't yes, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'd have quite liked it if, he'd, if she'd have shot herself. It'd yeah. Been more, it'd have been more tragic for her character... Because she's she's got some, I think, from what you say in that church mm. scene, she's got a, a bit of um, you know a bit of colour <laughs> behind <Yes. laughs> her, and I think that would have been uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know she co-created upstairs downstairs? Oh really? Yeah, and played one of the main characters in it, and she was married briefly to John Pertwee. Yes, yeah, you knew that. She probably.
1: she appeared in she also appeared in Doctor Who with William Hartnell and um, Sylvester McCoy, sort of two ends of the. Uh, oh right, yeah. okay,
0: not not. Uh, well, Hartnell was dead by then.
1: Yeah, not at the same time. Yeah. So no, she
0: happened to be in a, in, in a Hartnell Doctor Who and yeah, a McCoy Doctor Who. in a few
1: who. Hartnell Doctor Whos, actually. Oh, yeah. um, she was... I think she was the sister of the Lionheart, whatever his name is. I can't remember now. And she was also a space agent right. who got killed by the Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> so now the American americans proper engage the uh yeah clums, captain
0: they? clark goes into the church this time
1: and, and uh, immediately they know this uh michael cain says oh, unfortunately this one seems to know what he's doing yes. <laughs> how do they know that but they, do they
0: there's do. another great line yeah. where you know he he tries to get him to surrender saying yeah look there's, there's no point mm. and he says says yeah, he's going to die doing his job yeah And Captain Clark says there's no such thing as death with honour, just death, which I think was a brilliant line. Uh, And how much does that apply to so many of these films (sighs) where kind of honour is the thing that is more important than life to so many? And and you kind of, okay, there's some heroic deaths when things need to be done to stop evil people doing important things that would have helped them. Hmm. But there's also so many deaths in these films where people die for honour
1: yeah. that
0: don't make that much difference yes. and so that I thought that line was very applicable to yeah. a, a lot of these situations
1: but one thing uh, Michael Caine's character does do is he lets the villagers go mm. uh, which is sort of like an honourable, honourable thing isn't it yeah. and then Devlin suddenly turns up at the church yeah. I was thinking at the time what's he doing there why does he just get away yeah. but in fact he's, he's, he's found a secret tunnel yeah, a from the church <laughs> yeah. to the manor the, house, like, yeah, the manor house yeah. yeah. So and of
0: course he's got car so the upshot of all that is stein's going to continue with the mission yeah but so he's gonna but the rest of his men say they're going to stay yeah. to the bitter end uh, yeah. loyal to his him and his mission yeah. to to keep the diversion yes yeah so they don't realize they've all gone
1: so we've got this final um dash for churchill as it were
0: <laughs> yeah so off he goes with devlin and his second in command who's wounded yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's another big battle scene, mm. um, a bit more tactical from the Americans this time, end yeah. up throwing grenades into... I mean, this church really gets battered. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a lovely bit where... No, lovely. Um, because earlier we meet one of the Germans and the way we're still... when they still think they're Polish. The way the vicar meets him is he hears his church organ being played uh, yes, beautifully. Yes, yes. Of course, yeah. yeah. Arts Barking and culture, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, at the end of this battle, that same soldier is slumped over the the church organ, the church organ yeah. with a sort of death chord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm,
1: yeah. So Michael Caine's character meets up with the. It's the Germans' boat, but it's a captured English boat. Yeah, the E, the e boat comes because yeah.
0: the tide's in, so it can get yeah. inland.
1: And so he he unloads his wounded um second in command on them and goes yeah. ahead on uh, his own. There's
0: also a bit where Devlin is told he can get on the boat and goes now
1: yeah, he's, has he given up
0: his, he's going to change his ways because he says no I've
1: yeah. you
0: know well off he goes basically yeah, he seems to be abandoning remember. the whole thing
1: yes and does he does he meet up with Jenny Agatha's character well no he <laughs> doesn't
0: he's he's written her a letter and said goodbye to her oh that's right yeah
1: yeah
0: um, so he knows he's not seeing
1: don't they meet up again no oh you're right oh well
0: no I don't think so
1: If if they did, it's not memorable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the film, she's reading his letter on the sand dunes, and he's off with his two new dogs, (laughs) (laughs) walking to freedom. I don't know. I don't (laughs) don't know if Devlin sort of has had some great realization. If he did, I missed it.
1: He's like the free spirit of the book, I suppose. Yeah, that's him walking. I kind of of want to read the book
0: now to see because I think there's a lot more to it. No, yeah. Michael Caine is now sneaking around <laughs> and learns over listening to... The, the American soldiers are everywhere because they know oh, he's yes, gone.
1: Yeah.
0: He overhears the fact that Churchill's being taken back to... I don't know if it's the main hall in the village or the American base. I think I think, think it's the American hall. base. No, I think... Because oh, right. uh-huh. I think they say he's original, the original target uh, or whatever. right, yeah. So being the, the hall in the village. So Caine overhears that, knocks out the American soldier, and is now dressed as an American soldier. Yeah and gets through the gates just before the convoy comes yes, in. He's in the grounds.
1: Yeah. And then, so he sneaks around the back and takes off his American uniform, which yeah, is again that, the point that of honour. principle. Honor. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, we see Churchill wander out onto the veranda to have a cigar.
0: Before this happens, by the way, the E-boat mm. has picked up and has sent a message back to Germany, which... Is all garbled, but basically right, they yeah. realise it's failed. Well, yes. they think it has. It's yeah. all garbled. so They don't realise that Stein has gone on to continue. They think mm. it's over. Colonel Radle, Robert Duval, is arrested. So Himmler basically washes his hands quickly. Yes. Nothing to do with me. Uh, Radle is arrested and shot.
1: Yeah, for tre- tre- treason, yeah. sorry. Yeah,
0: within the space of a couple of minutes. Yeah. And that's the only emotion he shows, actually, is when he's arrested, he takes his gun out to give it to them and... Sp- slams it down the table because mm. he realises...
1: Well, he's been following... I think, he, yeah, he's been following orders. He's been sticking to his duty. Yes. I yeah. mean, he did overstep his duty, but he did it for what he well, was he, thought he as was the right thinking. reasons. Yeah, yeah.
0: so he's shot on the beach there in Alderney, I guess. Yeah, yeah so, so back to... Yeah, back Churchill, to Churchill, yeah. Does, well, too they think it's all... They think they're safe, even though they know Steiner's still around somewhere. Yeah. So they... Completely, even though Steiner's still around, Churchill is left on his own. He's yeah. happy with his brandy and cigars. Yeah, wanders he, out. This is, again, a little bit, yeah. You know, it helps the plot rather than um, <clears throat> the veracity. Yeah. Churchill wanders out, yeah. uh, opens the back doors, wanders out with his cigar and brandy. Oh, and there's, there's Steiner. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, that's fine. A bit of luck. Goes up to him, shoots him. Yeah, shocking.
1: Yeah,
0: it is shocking because you think,
1: hang on, <laughs> they shot Churchill, and just before the people inside hear that there is that Steiner's still about, and yeah. an American soldier supposedly wanders in, so they realise what's they happening. They realise, yeah,
0: and they hear this, they rush in just as he's shot. I love, I, I think Churchill. He's only in it very briefly, but he's he's played very well. He turns around, he's got his cigar and his brandy. There's Michael Caine, and he sort of blinks at him like (laughs) (laughs) on the
1: beaches um
0: (laughs) and just before he's shot of course so this is the big twist
1: yes cover your ears listeners if you haven't heard this (laughs) it's revealed that this isn't churchill but an actor yes and that churchill is actually george farmer a a variety hall actor yes and the real Churchill is actually off with a, in a meeting with the Americans and Russians, which will be the key pact, which finally puts paid to Hitler.
0: Yeah, Churchill, uh, he, he says, oh, I suppose, yeah, we can tell you now. Because, yeah. of course, Captain Clark, he's saying, but what,
1: t- Churchill,
0: what do you so say? So we've all What's failed, f- yeah, yeah. Churchill's dead. He said. And they said, oh, I suppose we can tell you now. You'll read about it in the papers tomorrow. This isn't Churchill. Yeah. This is, you know, Churchill's in Tehran meeting Tehran, Roosevelt and Stalin. Which of course was a, an actual mm. meeting. They they met a few times. Uh, and again, okay, so they obviously put out this story that Churchill was going to Norfolk. So because historically, at that mm. meeting, it's very difficult to get Roosevelt, Stalin, and Churchill together. Yeah, Churchill loved travelling. I mean, he went all over. I, mean, I read his biography. Oh, right, fascinating, yeah. absolutely fascinating. During World War One. He was in the, He went over. He wanted to be in the thick of it. He really yeah. did. And I think during World War II, he was a real man of action. He was quite old by then. So he was happy to travel. Roosevelt was uh, bound in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah.
0: And Stalin didn't like to travel at all. And, but anyway, so eventually getting them together was quite a job. And uh, Stalin claimed, or the Russians claimed that they foiled a plot to assassinate churchill at that tehran oh, meeting right. but it's kind of thought that that was probably propaganda oh, you know yeah. that it was put out and i think that's you know, given yeah. their form i think that's yeah. highly likely that they would say oh we fought a plot to you to um assassinate churchill uh just to make themselves look good mm. when actually there was probably no but that's that gives some reflection on this story. You know, yes. Plots to assassinate Churchill. Yeah. I haven't really looked into how much of that might have been true or something that was contemplated. I don't think. Yeah. I haven't seen much. But certainly that's at the Tehran conference. Yeah. That was something that was brought up. And, of course, they kill Steiner. Yeah. Uh, unless you read the sequel Yes. Then he's the he was only injured.
1: Yeah, then he's taken to the Tower of London and yeah. rescued apparently. And I think
0: Devlin has to go and rescue him. So <laughs> right. it all comes, they all come they all come back oh, and right. it's Himmler is behind it. Yes. <laughs> okay, but that's I think this stands better on its own.
1: Yeah.
0: In the book I don't think he kills Churchill the double. Oh, right. I think um he's he hesitates. He confronts yeah. Churchill hesitates and then is shot by a yeah. guard. So yes, um
1: it's a good film, film. it, is, it is an
0: enjoyable I mean, film
1: as you say it falls apart when when looked at too closely sometimes. yeah
0: the, I think it, the the Devlin Jenny Agatha bit the whole Devlin bit's a little bit as you said um, questionable but Jenny Agatha is definitely uh, kind of I don't want to say ruins the film but certainly makes it confusing and she could be done away with the <laughs> character, the character. <laughs> she, she doesn't need to be in the film yeah Unless they'd have done it properly, it could yeah. have been it could have been done better, couldn't it? Yeah. Maybe that's part of the rush that you know Sturgis didn't really give much attention to because he yeah. wasn't that interested. I don't know.
1: The thing that I thought was interesting about this film is that you've got a lot of people who are being traitors or doing yeah. things that the viewer won't agree with, but mm. we're made to identify with some. Mm. You know, like we identify with Steiner, even though he's trying to kill Hitler, <laughs> Churchill. Yeah. Um, we sort of identify with molly really but she actually kills one of her her fellow englishmen yeah um we identify with devlin even though he's helping the germans
0: do you know that actually that's another thing i read i think in the book arthur may have attempted to rape her Ah. which would you know if that was played up a bit more would certainly give a lot more motivation yeah yeah
1: but then and then, we've, but then, we've also got some people who are following similar motives, but we're against, like, Colonel Pitts mm. does what he does for glory. Yeah. And, of course, gets killed. But we're never, we're never invited to feel as though he's a hero. No. <laughs> and Mrs Grey, we know she's doing what she's doing for revenge, so we never feel like we're on her side, even though she's helping Michael Caine, who we are on his side. Yes, you know? it's
0: interesting, isn't it, <laughs> The the... It's sort of, who you're rooting for. Yeah. And you find yourself rooting for the Germans to some degree, yeah. but then also rooting for the British if you happen to be a British... Yeah. Or probably most modern viewers would view for the, mm-hmm. the what you who you might consider morally right, yeah. which would, I think, it's, in most cases be the British. It seems side. to
1: break down to me, although this isn't quite right, that people who have a personal motive or are doing things for actual people, like Michael Caine's character is doing it for his men. Yes. You know, you're, you get behind them. But people who are doing something for glory or for, you know, some sort of abstract motive, Hmm. you're not behind them. Right. I mean, it doesn't work with Mrs Grey because she's doing it for revenge about her family, but because we don't see her family, you know, you don't really think of that, so...
0: Yeah, well, she is, she, I think, as you said, she's a very interesting character in this, one of the better aspects of the story. Uh, I just wanted to say just a quick nod. I thought the music was really good. Oh right, really yeah. good. Perhaps, perhaps even a little bit too grand. I mean, at the beginning, we're flying over mount, snowy mountains. You think, yeah. oh, well, is, this, is this where eagles dare?
1: Lalo Schifrin.
0: Yeah, he did music for Enter the Dragon, and also famously wrote the music for Mission Impossible, yes. which is obviously uh, most right. people know.
1: Also, he wrote um, all the Dirty Harry music. Right. And apparently he did a score for The Exorcist, which was thrown out and replaced by Mike Oldfield. Um,
0: um... I was interested to look as well at whether Churchill actually did have any doubles. Oh, right. And I couldn't find any information on that. So it doesn't mean there there weren't. But I I don't think there were. Yeah. There's some some people who think um, someone impersonated his voice on a few speeches.
1: Oh, yes. But that
0: seems doubtful. It was quite a famous actor. And he did re-record a couple of Churchill speeches after the war or later in the war, but that's kind of known. Mm. So I don't think he generally did. I think Montgomery yeah. was more famous for having. Oh, a... that
1: was Monty's double, right? Is yes, that a film, or yeah, a book or, or a book, or maybe
0: a, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. He, he's well known for having a double. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of this war films podcast yeah, episode. Visited. Yes, I think, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say overall very enjoyable film you've got to ignore a couple of aspects but a good old adventure film i I have read some reviews that people say it doesn't stand up Mm. and i think perhaps perhaps it's not worthy to be in a top 10 quite i really like the premise i think if maybe perhaps if the film had been if the book had been more authentically filmed that might be better i
1: think it falls into the classic category for me basically because i've seen it so many times (laughs) well
0: it's got it's got that Really good cast yeah, of 1960s, 70s. Yeah, actors, those great yeah, British actors, the ones playing Germans and so Americans. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's a really good sort of mission adventure film. Yeah. From that aspect, it's great.
1: Yeah. Really
0: enjoyable. Okay, so uh, we're going to actually meet Hitler next. <gasps> we're going we're going into the wolf's lair. <laughs> um, well, into the bunker actually, yeah. because we're going to do Downfall,
1: our most modern film. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: Now, this, this, this is going to be interesting. Um, I've only seen it once before, but I really enjoyed it. And I think yeah. I've mainly put it in this top ten because I, I just think it brings such a different aspect.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: So it's not really the adventure category.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: perhaps a bit more the political. Anyway, we'll see. We'll talk about that. Yes. Uh, when we get to that. So thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you for the next War Films podcast in um, hopefully about a month's time. Yes.
1: Bye.